Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to NABWIC Talks. I am Jada Williams, your national NABWIC Talk radio chair and host for today. I have to ask you, just like the commercial just said, to follow, like, and share on all your different social media platforms that you are hanging out with NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, or just head over to our website at www.nabwick.org and engage with us. Check out our calendar and also click that Join Now button, yes, and take advantage of these great member benefits as we are ramping up and closing out the year in NABWIC world, being the voice of Black Women in Construction. Listen, we have an action-packed show planned for you today. And also in the studio, we have to say good morning, good morning, good morning, Miss Ann McNeil, the master builder herself, Miss Ursula Odom of Sula 2 Book Publishing, and, of course, Miss Jackie Perry of JP and Associates. Good morning, Ann. How are you? Jada, 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 I tell you all the time, if I were any better, Jada, I would be you. And today, listen, every member of this phenomenal organization that was able to participate with us yesterday, Jada, we proved to the world that not only are we the voice of black women in construction, we are becoming the voice of water. And there was a quote by Helen Keller that said, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. And Jada, yesterday, with our phenomenal water industry, billion-dollar opportunity where we focus on water issues, the challenges such as escalating costs of labor, of material, the aging, diverse, and browning workforce, the technology that's changing faster than we can all keep up, and this phenomenal generation gap, Jada, we brought it all together yesterday. So when you think about NABWIC in the future, I want all of our listeners to remember 
that we are here to create strategic, long-lasting partnerships with our agencies, the engineering firms, the contractors, the community, and all those people that we work with to create opportunities for our members. So, Jada, I am just so very excited about this particular show because it is the beginning of something big, so big. When you think about uh, this closing comment that I'm going to make, uh, it's actually a quote that says, people with different tribes, races, religions, and nationalities can come together and accomplish something extraordinary. The key is culture of unity and teamwork. And that's a quote by Prashad Ash. And so, Jada, I just want to uh, just thank you and, and all of our members that participated in our Water Industry Day. And just keeping in mind that when you think about the pillars upon which we stand, Jada, and encouraging young people, especially black, to come into the water industry and those who are in the trades. We're going to hear about that later during the program. I'm just so excited, Jada, that I'm just reminded that as the founder of this organization, teamwork still makes the dream work. And we must each have a dream to have a dream come true in this water industry. So as always, Jada, let's get this party started. <laughs> yes, indeed, the master builder herself, Ann McNeil, of course. Thank you so much. That was definitely a national Water Industry Day event that was phenomenal, as you have mentioned. And, of course, the collaboration to dominate was off the charts in them breakout rooms. So we are bringing you a very special show today to give you a little sneak peek inside of NAPWIC World and this event, this water industry billion-dollar luncheon and opportunities and water industry event. But first, let's hear from some of our special Water Industry Day sponsors on this next commercial break. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Tylene Henry, and I have the honor and privilege to serve as the Detroit Area Chapter President, as well as a national board member and the sponsorship chair. Um, we are so appreciative of our Diamond Level sponsor, Janet Fleming. Um, they have been phenomenal in collaborating with us over the past few months and bringing together this amazing group of people, agencies, and organizations. So thank you, Janet Fleming. would like to also acknowledge our platinum sponsors, Stantec and uh, Calvin Giordano & Associates, and our gold sponsors, Russell, 300 Engineering, Ground in Caldwell, as well as Expert Dewatering. Also, I believe it's CDA, Cheryl Davis and Associates. So thank you so much. We appreciate your support, and we look forward to having your continued support as we plan for next year's Water Luncheon. Uh, so thank you so much to our sponsors. Yes, indeed. We definitely appreciate our sponsors and all of our NABWIC 
friends and family that made this such a phenomenal event. So let's get into some NAPWIC news, some good news that you could use in NAPWIC world. We are so busy. The National Education Committee will be hosting their monthly educational training and financial diagnostics, keeping your business healthy. It will be a two-part series that will start this Saturday, November 13th, Part 1, and Part 2 on November 20th. That will be hosted by one of our expert members, Shinice Bennett, out of Detroit, Michigan. So please head over and register for that um, members benefit training only. Yes, those are some of the different things that we have going on in NAPWIC World. So you do need to be a member. You can get that registration over on Eventbrite and check out your emails for the flyers and all the constant communication with that training. As well, the National South Florida chapter will be hosting their monthly breakfast in December. The Atlanta area chapter will have their Who's in Your Tribe. So, of course, again, all of to all of our listeners, new members on the way, you can always keep up with NAPWIC on our website at www.napwic.org and or head over to Eventbrite. All of our events are, are posted on our Eventbrite as well. So let's get into this billion-dollar luncheon and opportunities in the water industry, as well as hearing some of our keynote speakers and one that definitely stood out. We can't give you all the tea, everything in one show. So just bear with us and listen in to one of our special guests, um, Mr. Rudy Gonzalez, speaking on procurement opportunities in D.C. water. We are moving into our presentation. The first one will be done by Mr. Rudy Gonzalez from DC Water. And uh, Mr. Gonzalez has been a wonderful partner with NABWIC along with uh, Ms. Linda Pennell. And um, we will be asking Ms. Erin Oliphant to introduce um, Mr. Gonzalez. Erin, um, over to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I have the honor of introducing Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez serves the authority as Director of Procurement at Capital Programs. Before joining DC Water in August of 2019, he held similar positions at Chesapeake, Chesapeake Utility Corporation and the Washington Suburban Sanitary Commission. In his role, he is responsible for enhancing DC Water's capital programs, procurement capabilities, working in collaboration with the authorities, engineering, and construction groups to introduce best practices designed to impact the success of capital intensive investments. Without further ado, I give you Mr. Rudy Gonzalez. Uh, well, thank you, Ms. Oliphant, and, and thank you, um, President Naylor and, and Dr. Lambert for having me here. It is quite an honor uh, to be joining everybody today and to um, get to share what we're doing at DC Water and all the amazing opportunities that we have for uh, black women-owned construction companies. Uh, I myself, a little bit of background too, used to be um, 
a construction company owner as well. I had a construction company for about 10 years when I lived in the Southwest. So very, very familiar with, um, with all the, um, all the things that a, a, a minority owned small business has to go through to get into the marketplace and get opportunities and get it, get a fair shot. So, but yes, my name is Rudy Gonzalez. I'm the uh, director of procurement for capital programs. And with me today is Ms. Linda Fennell, who's one of our senior um, compliance officers. And both she and I will be presenting today. So thanks, Linda, for joining me. Um, first of all, what, who is DC Water? Uh, procurement and compliance and what, and what we do. DC Water is responsible for uh, all the safe drinking water for the District of Columbia, as well as uh, providing sewer um, and wastewater services for DC and surrounding counties, including Montgomery County, Prince George's County, Loudoun County, Virginia, and Fairfax County, Virginia. Um, we have thousands of miles of pipes and pump stations uh, and thousands of miles of, of sewer lines and laterals and um, as well as stormwater uh, pipelines. And we're constantly working on them because it's an aging infrastructure. It's been around for you know, over 100 years and the typical pipeline only lasts so many years, 40 or 50. So one of our goals is to increase um, how much we replace every year so that we can you know, keep up with the infrastructure and, and keep uh, providing high quality services. Um, so lots of opportunities there that we'll talk about a little bit later. We also, like I said, treat wastewater uh, for a, a population of 2.1 million, which is beyond just the DC area. Like I said, it's also the counties in Maryland as well as the counties in Virginia. But with that, we have that Blue Plains Advanced Treatment Plant, which is the largest advanced wastewater treatment plant in the world uh, with uh, 384 million gallons of average capacity. Can you imagine that? $384 million of uh, wastewater that comes in that we process. And sometimes when we have these huge rain events, uh, it, it gets much even higher than that. Uh, so as you can see, we have an additional 225 million gallons of um, ability to get uh, wastewater and stormwater treated. Lots of opportunities there as well. Uh, any questions so far, or are we going to wait for the questions to the end? I guess we'll wait for the questions till the end. Um, next slide. Okay, so this is what we buy at DC Water. We have um, three different categories. The first one is a micro purchase under 25000 Now, this is important because uh, we don't have to um, go out and get competitive bids for that. Uh, typically, they're small items that we need to get quickly. Lots of times, they're one-time items. So it doesn't make any sense to go through a formal lengthy solicitation process. Above 25,000 and under 100,000, it's small purchases. Uh, again, we don't have to go through a formal solicitation process on that, uh, but we do have to get at least two competitive bids. And then finally, we have the large procurements, which are over 100,000, which do require a formal solicitation. And really, this is where you're going to find most of the capital projects in, in this category, you know, because we are a, a large um, organization with a lot of infrastructure needs. So most of our projects are going to be uh, way beyond $100,000. So this is a little bit about how we buy. And it's, it's very typical for a, a public authority like DC Water. The first 
uh, solicitation type that we have and that we post on our vendor portal are requests for information. And those are ge generally just to go out into the marketplace and, and let our um, stakeholders, our contractors, our consultants, uh, our subconsultants, uh, our service providers know that we have a need and we're looking for information from you. We want to know your cap your capability. Are you interested in this solicitation? You know, have you had any other experiences where uh, you might bring some good ideas for us? Do you have some feedback on on how the solicitation should be structured or how the contract should be structured? We are very open to getting feedback from our uh, consultants, our contractors, because we want to work on removing barriers to entry to DC Water. Sometimes it's very hard and bureaucratic to get into an organization such as DC Water and understand what it takes to be successful. Uh, Linda and I are both working hand in hand along with uh, uh, Director Corey Gray uh, for the Compliance and Business Development Office uh, to remove those barriers. And this is one of the ways we do it with requests for information. So very important. I know I'm spending a lot of time on it, but you know, we we encourage you, if you see one of these RFIs in an area that you're interested, please respond because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for your feedback. Then we have our invitations for bids, which are basically your low, your low bid type of contracts. Uh, if we have a very defined scope uh, and we know exactly what we're asking for, uh, what we want, a complete 100% design, then we'll use this invitation for bids. And it's just around you know, we, it's, it's the low price. Whoever uh, comes in with the lowest price and is responsive and responsible uh, will be awarded that contract. And then finally, we have requests for proposals. Now, we're moving more and more to, towards requests for proposals because it allows us an opportunity to evaluate other factors other than just price. And as you know, sometimes price is not the best way to go. It's not the best value. So by doing RFPs, we're able to have conversations with you, enter discussions, ask you more about your company, ask you more about your approach and how you manage work, uh, your relationships with your subcontractors or subconsultants, um, your ability to um, um, your ability to perform, your capacity to perform, and we have more of those. So it's more of a best value type of solicitation as opposed to just lowest price. And, and it's very successful because it allows us to talk about the risks and make sure that our contractors or our consultants understand exactly what we're asking for so they can be successful. It doesn't help us at all if we uh, go through this big solicitation process uh, if, we, if then we did not communicate clearly as partners so that we know what each side is expecting and we make sure that the project is a success. So finally, let's get into um, you know the, the the fun part, which is talking about what contracts are out there currently. By the way, this forecast uh, can be found on our vendor portal uh, on our website, and we have some links at the end of this presentation. We'll provide this presentation uh, to everybody here well, through um, through NABWIC. We'll give everybody a, a copy of this so that you can uh, access the links. But first. Let's talk about our linear assets, what we call our linear assets. And these are our pipelines that are buried in the ground. Um, these are the contracts that uh, require a lot of coordination between uh, us and the contractor and our sister agencies like DDOT, uh, who is responsible for everything that happens in our roads. And very often, these are the projects where you have to go in and um, 
you know, cut up the pavement uh, and disrupt traffic. So traffic control is very important for these, as well as then restoring the pavement and the sidewalks and the landscaping back to their original. So typically, uh, I would say that the paving part of it and the rest restoration is a large part of these types of projects. It's not just um, replacing the pipe, but then going back and getting everything back to where it was or even better uh, at times. Um, that could be 30, 40, some cases even up to 50% of the total project cost. So there's opportunities not just in excavating and, and, and putting in pipe, but also in, um, like I said, paving, concrete, um, uh, landscaping, traffic control, uh, lots of good opportunities there. Uh, so when, when you're looking at responding to one of these, make sure that you've teamed up and partnered with good subcontractors or subconsultants um, that are gonna help you uh, get the job done quickly and uh, you know within budget and within quality. Um, so the small diameter wa water main replacements are the ones that are, are typical bread and butter. Those are where we're replacing uh, water mains eight to 10 inches. Our water main emergency response contract, that is when uh, we have a, a water main break. You know, during cold weather, we have more breaks. We need somebody to go in and mobilize quickly, get the uh, pipeline fixed, and then um, restore and uh, re restore service and restore the paving and and restore the you know uh, the, the the job site so that we don't uh, impact traffic as much. So that's what that is. That is more of a 24/7 uh, on-call type of contract. Our sanitary sewer lateral replacements. Those are uh, very much like our small diameter water main replacements, except they're not the water mains. They're the laterals that go from your house to the main line, from a building to the main line. So very typical there. And uh, then we have the Potomac Interceptor phase, which the Potomac Interceptor is a huge uh, water uh, sewer line that comes from Virginia and from Maryland. And we get up to 45 million gallons of, of sewer a day uh, that comes into our plant through that Potomac Interceptor. And there's many places where it's in need of repair, uh, very high, complex, very um, um, very interesting jobs, but very high in complexity and um, usually um, requiring a lot, a lot of um, community outreach and talking to our neighborhood associations and our residents. As a matter of fact, all of these require that. Um, but Potomac Interceptor is just very much larger, as you can see by the dollar amount there. Lead Free DC, a very important program, and I encourage you to go to our website and learn more about Lead Free DC. But our goal is to replace every single lead line in the DC area, water line, so that none of our uh, residents, um, uh, you know, uh, have to have lead water or uh, lead uh, water service lines. Um, very interesting approach to this one one that I believe DC Water is leading the nation on this, and we are using equity as one of the factors on not only how to uh, contract this, making sure that we have a lot of participation from certified firms, which Linda will talk about a little bit later, but also uh, what areas we replace first. So we have, um, we're, we're using census data and data from um, 
the, the federal government that tells us what areas in our city are traditionally underserved or also we're focusing on um, on areas that have pregnant women or that have small children, such as schools or daycares uh, or community centers, things of that nature, uh, we would be focusing on first. But eventually, we want to replace every single lead service line by 2030. Um, the second one, lead service line replacement, uh, is there is a program that the uh, the city of uh, District of Columbia will help assist you with replacing the private side uh, lead service line. So there's a public side that DC Water has a responsibility for. There's the private side that the property owner has a responsibility for, and that could, you know, be a couple of thousand dollars. So uh, we've had a couple of programs set up through DC government where they will assist with that. And as you can see. The lead service line replacement for Cyper. Um, this is actually going to be a large, very large project, $100 million plus. Uh, we think it's going to be way more than that, but um, we're still estimating and trying to find all the funding for it. But this is going to be a large program over the next eight years. So I would encourage all of you uh, to go to our website and look at that uh, program. And I'm going to try to speed it up a little bit for the sake of time. And leave some time for questions. Uh, Blue Plains and pumping stations. So uh, we talked about the Blue Plains water treatment facility. Uh, basically what we have there is it's, it's, a, it's a fairly old plant and uh, needs a lot of repairs. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. And by the way, we have to repair these and keep it operating. So it also makes it pretty complex, but um, we're having the next um, miscellaneous facilities upgrade phase eight. That's going to be a great opportunity to um, uh, have a, a presence in the plant, start learning how to work with DC water in the plant if you haven't already. But it's going to be a, a task order type of contract where we, you know, try to give task orders to more than one contractor. And by the way, that's where we're headed to as well. When we talk about um, reducing uh, the barriers to entry, Although this says $30 million, you don't have to be a $30 million contractor with a $30 million bond to participate in our solicitations because what we try to do is we try to right-size the solicitation. So, for example, this one, we're trying to figure out um, what the best way to divvy this up, make, maybe make it into three or four smaller contracts so that we can increase our participation. Um, the um, central office facility we're going to be doing an electrical system upgrade there. Also a great opportunity. Uh, if, you, um, if you are in an electrical contractor. Uh, but of course, we also need um, things like uh, carpentry, drywall, concrete, uh, masonry. So a lot of uh, different trades there. Our headworks influence structure. Um, that is actually working on one of the parts of the plant where all the sewage comes in. And it's a lot of concrete work on that one, a lot of concrete and steel and rebar work. Our meter shop roof upgrades, that's, uh, we're, we're just uh, you know, making our buildings watertight. So that's gonna be coming up in June. And that's it for the Blue Plains and pumping stations that we have right now. The last one that I wanna talk about, very, very large project. You may have heard of it, the Potomac River Tunnel. It's part of our DC Clean Rivers project, Consent Decree, where we are building 
uh, 17.5 miles, um, it, I think that's it, it might even be more than that, of, uh, of huge um, uh, tunnels. They're actually tunnels uh, underneath the city so that whenever it rains, instead of the rain going into your home or backing up your sewer or the rain mixing with, with sewage and garbage and going into the river, we capture it all in huge, like they're 10 foot tunnels underneath the ground. And um, we bring all that wastewater into our Blue Plains facility. A lot of opportunities there. Now this is a bigger, bigger contract and it's, it's very complex, but there are a lot of opportunities uh, to partner and to work, uh, you know, with with uh, to work as a team and be part of that, and you know, get get some experience and some work. There are uh, things, you know, there's going to be a lot of concrete. There's going to be a lot of uh, hauling. A lot of um, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of um, um, coordination that's needed. Uh, a lot of construction management. Um, and um, just encourage you uh, to come and meet with us. We've already had a couple of events on that, but if you wanna reach out to me or Linda, we can connect you with the Clean Rivers team because that, that is just an opportunity that um, shouldn't be passed up. It's, it's a great project. Now with that, I'm gonna hand it off to Linda. Linda, do you mind? Sure, sure. Um, good afternoon, everyone, again. Um, Rudy, thank you so much. Um, you've heard Rudy talk about all of those opportunities that we have uh, coming down the pike during our forecast, um, his forecasting segment. And I, again, um, just want to piggyback on what he said and to encourage you to register into our vendor portal. Uh, everything is going through our vendor portal with regards to submitting your proposals, um, just, you know, your invoicing, we just we just upgraded to our Oracle Cloud um, ERP or Enterprise Resource Planning. And so uh, I would encourage you right now, as soon as we get off of this, uh, out of this session, you know, to go in and, and just uh, in, uh, register into the vendor portal so you can begin to receive notifications of different opportunities that we have. Um, your training information um, here in case you need some uh, uh, help in navigating that um, that that process um, is there for you. Uh, we are moving away from a paper-based solicitation process as most of our um, partners within the industry um, are doing. And so, um, you know, please uh, get into that system as most soon as you can. Um, next slide, Rudy, please. And as you've heard, um, we, we've had a lot of our programs here and, and a lot of those opportunities that we have coming down the pipe. We want to make sure that, you know, everyone has an opportunity, you know, to uh, uh, either compete or be notified of the information and, you know, really highlighted um, our capital programs. But we have also other programs. And like you said, you know, you talked about um, our, our micro our micro programs or those that are under the $100,000 mark. So we do have our disadvantaged business and women business enterprise programs. We have um, those programs. Uh, the programs, the procurements that fall under that program are basically those projects that are not federally funded. So the majority of our projects are not federally funded. And so 
Um, this is our version of our, our program, you know, to make sure that folks uh, who um, are, are able to participate in our local program have an opportunity to do so. We also have our fair share program, those that are those, um, for those projects that are EPA um, funded. We have our pro program for that, our DBE and our WBE programs for that. We also have our, our local uh, small and local business enterprise programs where those are preference points that are, are applied that if you are certified within our user um, jurisdictions with our partner agencies, you've heard Rudy talk about earlier um, about our user jurisdiction, the Montgomery and Prince George's County in uh, Maryland and our Fairfax and Loudoun counties in Virginia. You know, if you are certified as local or local small, um, your preference points will, will be applied to those securements. And of course, uh, we have our strategic partners uh, that you know we work with to make sure that you know if there's a need and if we need uh, some capabilities or technical assistance, we have a cadre of of of, of partners. Uh, who are the stand ready, you know, to help our firms uh, be positioned so that they can uh, compete and be ready, willing, and able to perform on our projects. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I believe yeah, this here is our, our useful links. Um, of course, our forecast, both our capital program, but also for our goods and services uh, listed on our website. You have how to do business with DC water um, information is there. Um, you know, so everything you pretty much need uh, with regards to our procurement program is right there. And if you um, have any questions or anything like that, feel free to, to contact us. That's all I have. Yeah, thank you, Linda. And mm -hmm. if you can see there, we've got our procurement regulations and procurement manual. Um, I encourage you to look at that. It's it's not easy reading. It's not fun reading, but you know it'll tell you a lot about the rules of engagement for DC Water. And and with that, um, thank you all. That concludes our presentation. Uh, and again, thanks for having us. Linda and Rudy, we definitely appreciate this great presentation. And please remember, there are two sides of D.C. water, the public and private sides, with many opportunities for employment, contracting, and, of course, getting that direct hands-on training through certifications and education programs that are being offered. The main thing also that um, I hope you guys had your notepads and pens out. You know we love saying that in NABWIC world, we are always ready to stay informed. Please reach out and register on their vendor portal is the best way to see all of these different opportunities available. Listen, it's been another absolutely amazing NABWIC Talk radio show. You know you can always catch us every Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m. Until next Wednesday, have a beautiful Absolutely amazing day. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.